welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Jeff Lee, editor of Cargo Facts, and it's Friday the 22nd of September. This week, I caught up with a very busy Mikey McBrien, general manager of Buffalo Airways in northern Canada, as the carrier prepares to launch commercial flights with its first jet freighter. Hey, Mikey, how's it going? You know you're busy with your uh, first 737 freighter, which is very exciting. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I've been here in Edmonton now from since it arrived in early August, and I've been working with a bunch of different teams. Of course, because I'm the team lead on the project, I have to do a little bit of everything, so I'm learning as I'm going on a lot of stuff, but yeah, we're, um, yeah, we, we're doing really good, so I'm excited to get this airplane going. Yeah, so um, obviously it arrived in Canada um, in early August, um, which I mean that was already one major milestone. Um, but yeah, since then you've you've also been super busy um, getting various upgrades and and things onto the aircraft, haven't you? Yeah, for sure. So when it um, the last time this aircraft operated uh, like on a nonstop basis was about 2016 in Europe, and of course a little bit different up here in Canada. Um, and of course, the new regulations that came out like ADSB and that kind of stuff. So we've, um, yeah, we've installed ADSB. We have upgraded the GPS. Uh, we got a dual GPS. Uh, we've added a second FMC. Um, we replaced the old CRT weather radar with a new multifunction display that has all the TCAST and a movable map and, and routing and all that fun stuff. Uh, put a SAT phone and a SAT tracker in it. Um, so it's got full satellite communications. Uh, what else do we got? Oh, this, there's a Canadian specific speed brake warning light that all Boeings must have. Uh, we installed that uh, and a customized switch um, to go from uh, true heading to make or sorry, from magnetic heading to true heading, which is only applicable for one airport in Canada, which is Rankin Inlet, uh, which oh, okay. has uh, all their navigation through true because you know, as you get closer to the magnetic North Pole, it, it really is quite different from the real North Pole, mm-hmm. or I guess anyone's version of which one's the real one. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so there's a specific switch. So we got one switch in the airplane that allows us to land in one airport. Um, wow. And uh, we, we're really familiar with those types of airports, but this is the only one uh, that has paved. So it's now right. our 737. Uh, it doesn't have the gravel kit on it because it's got the big high bypass engines on it mm-hmm. but i'm sure your listeners know all about that kind of stuff <laughs> interesting nonetheless and you you yeah you you were saying that you're learning as you go um what kinds of what are the the major things that you're learning as you um, get ready to start flying and, and have there been anything that uh surprised you perhaps um a lot of the, subscri- the subscriptions is actually when you when you look at it there's a lot of when I deal with a lot of people like aircraft, like the DC-3 is not not compartmentalized. If you're a DC-3 operator or you're a DC-3 pilot or you're a DC-3 mechanic or a DC-3, you know, office person, you know everything about that airplane. You know everything. Like a good, you know, um, you know, a BSers level of, of you can chat it up and down. But when it comes to Boeings, I find it very different that it's very compartmentalized. Um, so, you know, an avionics guy doesn't necessarily know about the stuff that the mechanic knows. The mechanic doesn't really know anything really, I shouldn't say anything, but is less likely to know things about 
um, you know, the operate the flight operations. Um, of course, there is, you know, there's quite a bit that goes across, but it is a lot more compartmentalized. And that's because this, these airplanes are still operating. People have jobs, you know, they have union jobs and they only allow you to do certain things. So mm-hmm. when I have questions, when I find an expert, um, sometimes it's hard to, you know, to find an expert of everything. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, the weird thing. So co- that coming back to the original question, subscriptions. So there's a subscription for the manuals. There's a subscription for mm-hmm. the nav data. There's a subscription for certain STCs like the cargo door. Um, there's subscriptions for the ground proximity warning system. Uh, there's subscriptions for um, pretty much everything, just like Netflix subscriptions, where mm-hmm. there's nothing to subscribe for in the, in the DC-3. <laughs> it's nothing. Um, so, yeah. So that the two things is it's hard to find somebody that has a general knowledge of everything. Um, and then the, the second thing is the sheer amount of subscriptions and just how crazy expensive nav data is nav data, which is only an eight megabyte file that comes out 15, uh, 13 times a year mm. is crazy expensive yeah. and it's more expensive than almost anything on the airplane. So, you know, wow. eight megabytes with two Katy Perry songs and uh, yeah, you got to pay a lot of money for that. Um, so, you know, with all the test flights, the maintenance, um, subscriptions and everything else, um, and you obviously the time as well. I mean, you spent what more than two years, uh, at least right. Work, um, working yep. and getting it ready. Was mm-hmm. it all worth it? I mean, that you're about oh. to put it into service. Oh, but yeah. Was it all worth it? A hundred percent. I've, uh. Yeah, it's I do it all again. I do it all like if, if anybody followed my plane saver series where we saved the DC three, the DC three was impossible. And sometimes impossible is easier um, because there is no rules. Uh, but when it comes to this airplane, all there is is rules. There's just I shouldn't say rules, but guidelines on how to do it. Really, there's only kind of one way. Um, yeah. So I would it, to do it all again. I could do it way more efficient. Um, but again, now. Uh, I wouldn't change anything. I had so much fun. And uh, that's mm. what it's all about. At the end, it's any restoration project or any project, anything, home renos, um, you know, getting a car going, getting a plane going, you know, school, any of this stuff is never about the graduation. It's, it's about the whole journey. So that's, I'm still in the mix of it. So I, I know I can appreciate it, but it, right, uh, right. it'll be boring here once it's flying for me. So. <laughs> Well, you might have to do it all again um, because you, uh, you, I mean, you previously hinted at, you know, maybe adding more 300s um, and also possibly even the 400. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, have you made any progress on that front? There, there's a lot for sale. Um, pretty much every day people are sending yeah. me messages. Um, but again, that that's a little bit easier because you got to think we started from scratch, which means mm. we had no pilot program. We had no maintenance program. We had no operations, um, no MELs, no uh, flight manuals, uh, everything. So everything started from scratch. So when you look at onboarding and importation of the airplane, modifications, everything from scratch. Um, So if you look at adding another aircraft, 90% of the work is done. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a little bit easier. You can ask WestJet how hard is that at 737 to their to their yeah. fleet it's you know one phone call in the sign sign a check kind of thing so mm-hmm. um so the next airplane be a little bit easier um i know a lot more now about stcs and getting them familiarized in canada 
uh, which ones are a pain, which companies are a pain to deal mm. with, which companies are amazing to deal with. And um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's really good. So. So with all these uh, offers coming in, uh, are you, have you identified any that, um, you know, that you might want to pursue? Yeah. So <clears throat> There's sister ships for this airplane. So airplanes that have the same lineage, the same, were, were modified at the same time, basically the TNT airplanes. Um, a couple of those are available, uh, which share all the STCs, which make everything super simple. Um, but right now we'll have to see. Um, the future isn't made yet. So we'll, uh, we get this one busy, get some revenue going and, uh, We'll see what the next one is. Does a 400 make sense? Does another 300? The chances are I'll be buying parts 300s, like going down and grabbing 300 passenger airplanes because they'll probably be going cheap. Um, and, uh, you know, almost all the parts go across. So, yeah, there's all that kind of stuff. Because anybody's familiar with Buffalo Airways, like we bought four Convair 580s this year uh, just for the engines and props for our Lockheed Electra. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of stuff we do. Um, so, then the next 37 might not be a, a one for um, operations. It might be a, a parts plane. Um, yeah, because right. if you want to go buy an engine, you want to you know, dial 1-800 and grab an engine, uh, you'd be shocked sometimes at the price. And then you look at an airplane for sale, and like, wow, I can buy that airplane with two engines uh, <laughs> and, and go to work, right? So Yeah, well, it's well a speaking of pricing, um, I mean, ha- have you seen these change? Uh, how, I mean, how are you happy with the pricing level on these yeah. um, potential candidates? Yeah, yeah, it's it, just like anything. Um, <laughs> there's there's the dealer pricing, like if you want to go buy a used dealer or used car from yeah. the dealership right now, you can be kind of shocked. It's basically new price. And then you find the owners. And um, yeah, so as I'm getting more engulfed into the world, um, so you can buy from like a broker, you can mm. buy from a, lease, a leaser that is, that is, you know, getting a lease return and they want to put it on the market. Or you can buy it from the company itself. So the three yeah. kind of options, and the and it go and then it's that level of cheapness. You want to pay the most money, um, you know. You're and but if you need it now, uh, the best service you're going to get is through a broker. They're going to take care of you, but you're going to spend a lot of money. Uh, number two, the the buying it off a lease return, you're going to get whatever they have. So they just mm-hmm. said this airplane's coming off on this date. You can come pick it up. It may or may not be running. Um, and then uh, buying it on from an operator is normally the most cheapest way to go, the most, uh, but takes the most amount of time because you're kind of, um, yeah, you're kind of, you have to do everything yourself. You're kind of right. left out in the cold. So those three kind of things. So we, we, funny enough, this airplane was basically a mix of all three of those things. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of funny, but uh yeah, it's a it's yeah. a different world, man. This whole Boeing jets and airliners and all that stuff. It's I'm just a guy from Hay River. Like it's uh, it took it took a while to, and still learning. Just like again, I'm just rambling here. But you know, at the DC three, the best thing about the DC three is I've known DC three my entire life. I've studied mm-hmm. it. I've, it. It's a hobby of mine. As a work, I work with it, and it's a hobby, and I get surprised every single day. Every single day, the more you look into the DC-3, the more you think you know about the DC-3, it just it just shocks you that, that stuff comes out of nowhere. And, um, yeah, so the, the Boeing is, is yeah, 
is like that, uh, but at least there's more people to talk to. Not very many DC3 people left. Right. I'm going to save the DC3 for after um, for the final um, bit, but just uh, back going back to the um, 737, you're launching um, your commercial flight to Yellowknife soon, um, for, and that's for Buffalo Air Express. Uh, when um, when exactly do you um, anticipate um, starting that? Um, we're we're days away um, right now. The there's two STCs outstanding for the the avionics upgrades, and once Transport Canada signs off on those, which we, that's with the test flight and ministers delegate and basically a committee of people have all gone through that. So we're just pushing paper right now, and once that's going, we got the pilots. We're ready to go. Uh, the MEL got approved this morning. Um, the import is waiting on those three th- or those two SCCs as well, but all the 99% of the import paperwork's been done. So yeah, we're just waiting on that, which is an email. So yeah, we're 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 days Good. away, which was nice. And uh, how are your how are the the customers for that service mm-hmm. um, reacting to that? Well, it's it's kind of um, the because we we're doing it right now so it, it's a little bit complicated so the history of it in back in 1982 um my father started buffalo air express so this is you know he started buffalo air in 1970 buffalo air express in 1982 and he his first flight was from hay river to edmonton uh hauling cargo i think it was in navajo um i have to double check it was a travel air or a navajo uh with one envelope that was his first revenue. Um, so we've been doing it, and of course, uh, but with our road system and stuff like that. Um, now, because of we're there's too much freight for a 53-foot trailer, that's why we got this airplane. So the moment this airplane goes on, it's it's a an ex, a time like the the time that the the freight gets the yellow knife is going to be mm. greatly better. So there's customers that are that need their freight before say 9 a.m. This is going to be an instantaneous, you know, better uh, delivery system that we are currently offering right now. Yeah. And uh, so they really want it. There's a lot, a lot of the customers, a lot of the contracts that we have have, have delivery times, and, uh, and and climate control too. It's very hard to um, to do climate control and when you, uh, you when you're dealing with trucks and airplanes and ramps and that kind of stuff so it's um yeah so there's a bunch so the short answer is yeah the pharmaceutical companies for the better climate control and and delivery um there's the automotive industry that wants their parts before nine uh there's the specific uh courier contracts that want their freight before nine or i shouldn't say before eight actually guaranteed mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff so it's, it's those customers that are, are going to greatly see the better service for sure yeah. and then the backhaul too but I can go on and on and on about logistics. <laughs> you know, I'm sure everybody's excited. Uh, and yeah, this will be um, a significant step up for everyone involved. Um, now, the DC-3, you um, you previously said that obviously the 737 is, uh, the intention is for it to eventually replace those. But um, now that you're about to start flying it, do you have a um, clearer timeline um, for when you might retire the DC-3s? So the DC-3 will never be retired. Uh, I, I've 
as long as I have any control or any save anything, the DC3 will be forever. Um, it will outlive all of us in some capacity. So we'll, it might not be doing what it's doing right now, but we'll always have a DC3 commercially available. Um, when you're looking at other aircraft, like say the Curtis C-46, um, that airplane, um, honest, uh, being very honest with you, outperforms the DC-3 in pretty much every single way. Um, that one actually is the most threatened uh, of being retired due to every single reason. You know, it's hard to find pilots. It's uh, harder to find parts. The engines are, are harder to get overhauled right now as there's only one shop that's overhauling engines. Um, you know, it, uh, the Avgas, finding Avgas is an issue. Um, yeah, pretty much everything on that airplane. It's one of my most favorite airplanes in the world, but the 737 would be most likely replacing the Curtis C-46. Um, my friends over there in Alaska are going through the same issue. They, it's really hard to replace that airplane. Um, that's why it's been flying for the last 80 years. Um, nothing really, really replaces it. The 737 is extremely overkill for, for what the C-46 does um but uh yeah so these three forever c46 the funny thing is there's a there's a <laughs> i can call on and on there's a there's a a guy that writes articles bob grant he he flew uh, dc3s and cl215s for us in 1986 in air classics magazine there was the cover and it was a c46 and it said canada's last commando and the whole article was talking about you know how the c46 you know was being 40 years and it's been mm -hmm. a great airplane and it's finally going to retire. And Jeff Schroeder, our, our ops manager and C-46 pilot, he's got 23,000 hours in the C-46, the most as anybody in the entire world. He hasn't, he hadn't even flown it in 1986. He started in 89. So you can't really count these airplanes out. Um, so, mm -hmm. um, you know, airplanes, they replace companies, uh, but the airplanes keep on going. So. Yeah. If, if Buffalo doesn't use it, you never know what will happen. <laughs> well, um, no, that's great. And um, again, congrats on um, you know this major achievement uh, and the best of luck um, as you launch these uh, 737 flights. Um, and like you said, it's, it would be nice to finally see it um, start flying regularly after all these years. Um, so um, thank you so much, Mikey, for your time. Well, thanks guys for pulling me out of the hangar. I'll, I have to go back and uh, we're, we're putting in new, uh, those new sock filters for the, for the packs. So that's what we're doing right now to get it all going. So, so thanks for okay. getting me out of the hangar for a little bit. And good luck. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you. That was Mikey McBrien, General Manager of Buffalo Airways. And that's it for today. For more multimedia coverage like this, search Cargo Facts Connect on iTunes and Spotify and visit cargofacts.com. Thank you very much for tuning in and join us again next time.